0: Now, Matt O'Brien is with us. He's with FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Uh, and FAIR, of course, put this on. This is a great r- uh, radio event, illegal immigration, hold their feet to the fire, all kinds of people, experts, and uh, victims' families, everything. And, Matt, you've worked for FAIR for, what, two, three years now?
1: Yeah, two years. This okay. is my second feet to the fire.
0: And we still play the sound bites. We had you on the show by phone years ago talking about DACA because you used to work for USCIS. That's correct. Right? And you oversaw... Um, the application process oversaw uh, some of the security background okay. checks for the yep, the really on. egregious people in the application process. And you opened our eyes because you said when you know DACA was approved like an eighty eight to ninety percent clip, and you said nothing is, and you said there was it was ripe with fraud, people that have ties to terrorists, you name it, gang gang affiliations, right? I mean, we still because when people want to argue about DACA, we actually had the uh, this guy running for governor in in Arizona, Democrat, guy's crazy, David Garcia guys literally out of his mind uh, ASU professor don't hold it against him, but he 's nuts right and uh, and he he wrote a nasty his people put a nasty press release after Trump ended DACA last year and said Congress it's up to you so Ryan over here invited him on and he, the guy literally knew nothing he was basing his opinion on DACA based on some students that were DACA recipients in his class um, and we actually played some sound bites during his interview of you talking about. I'm like, do you not do research? I mean, th- this is a, somebody that actually oversaw, that was involved in the process, and he had no idea, no freaking clue um, how, how bad that program is. Um, let me ask you this, too. Refugees, because you were involved in refugee applications, too, as well, right? Yes. Yep. We just had a couple of refugees arrested in Tucson about three weeks ago. Um, they are from, I believe, Ni- Nige- Somalia, Nigeria, one of the... I thought it was Somalia. It was Somalia, okay, Somalia, but then they were living in China, and then somehow got to America back in 2014, 2015, and they lied on their refugee application. You know, the, the great question of, do you have any, are you a terrorist? Isn't that one of the questions? Yes. <laughs> are you a terrorist, and do you have any ties to terrorism? Is that like the question? Th- those are questions on there, believe it or not. So I don't think people answer them honestly. Though. That That's the thing. So apparently they lied. This dude was an Al-Shabaab terrorist, so he finally got arrested. Is it really that easy to just write, no, I'm not a terrorist, and you get rubber stamped in here? Uh, it shouldn't be that easy, but unfortunately,
1: sometimes it is. Um, oh, God. There are a lot of people working on refugee applications who come from the standpoint that the world is a mess and everybody should be let into the United States. And so internally, within the immigration agencies, particularly within USCIS, you have a lot of tension between the people responsible for the enforcement and the people responsible for adjudicating the refugee applications. And they sort of see the the cap on refugees as a quota that they need to fill every year. And they see everyone who has arrived at the point where they're requesting refugee status as a deserving individual
0: when we know that's not the case. so. I mean, paint the picture. I'm thinking of a building in Washington, D.C., where yeah, I guess you have the people that feel bad for refugees and they believe everything. Now, these are—they're are, are, not bad people. They're just naive and nice. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think they're They're not trying with, to change America.
1: They they're well, or I think maybe. some of them are okay. I think some of them are people with that worldview that America is responsible for everything that's wrong in the world and one of the ways we atone for that is by bringing the world here, but some of them are just nice people who are concerned
0: about human rights in the world. So, and these are people that literally are in a building, either in cubicles or an office, and their job is to go through these applications Right, right all the, across the street. Okay. So they and they and they literally just sit there. These are just rant just random people and they get to pick and choose. They, these are just—they're not like supervisors or anything. They're just everyday employees. Well, they're everyday employees. They're supposed to be adjudicating these according to the legal standards and to the procedures
1: that are put in place. The, yeah. the problem with that approach um, is these people go out, they interview people in the field in these foreign countries, where things are a mess and everybody's in a dire situation and you have people coming from places where it's not necessarily possible to verify the information that they're telling you and from places where there are terrorist groups operating. So what you have to do is be very discerning Mm -hmm. and really what the default position should be is if this person can't prove to us, to our satisfaction, that they are not a risk to citizens of the United States then they don't get refugee status. What really happens is the people doing these things kind of shift the burden to the government and if they can't find a reason to deny the application they'll presume that everything is okay and
0: admit the person
1: as a refugee and that's where the problem starts so
0: that so they go to these countries where people apply they're sent there to go do that correct and and i, I just because we never get this stuff and you're just a wealth of knowledge so they go there and they have a meeting with these people right correct and what kind of like i mean these are not there's no dmv these are third world countries what kind of documentation do they show to prove that they 're not a terrorist or whatever it might be like what do they show the the, the people that make these decisions
1: well sometimes they don 't show anything at all oh, uh, which is 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 part of the problem with the way the uh, asylum and refugee status uh, statutes are set up okay. uh, in a lot of cases, people have birth documents, but they may have been handwritten by some registrar of records in a mm. small village. Um, you know, they may have deeds to property, they may have newspaper articles that reference their families. So, it, it's, a, it's a difficult process yeah. and the fact is that if it's done right, you can certainly find people from low-risk areas who are indeed really refugees and if you want to admit them to the United States because, you know, we're a nice country and we want to help people mm-hmm. in the world, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But the fact is when you're going into the most dangerous places in the world, mm-hmm. There are no functioning governments. There's no record systems. If you're responsible for protecting the American public, then you have to ratchet the standards up a little bit. And you need to take the approach that, listen, there's all kinds of refugees who want to come here. But I want to let in the ones that are going to, A, succeed in America, and B, aren't going to cause any harm to the United States.
0: I would hope so. Matt O'Brien is who you're listening to. He is with Fair Federation of American Immigration Reform, and we're here live in Washington, D.C., and uh, Matt is an expert in this. He used to work uh, in um, overseeing applications for refugees, DACA, you name it, things like that, U.S. CIS. So um, these people show up, and uh, I mean, are you guys trained? Are these people trained that ask the questions? to figure out if someone's lying? Almost like a human lie detector in that aspect? Well, they are to a certain extent. I mean, they're trained in how to conduct interviews. Their primary job is
1: to determine whether the person has a, a facially legitimate refugee claim, okay. meaning that they're persecuted on the grounds of race, religion, nationality, political opinion. and what they're looking for is anything that doesn't fit that pattern or known information that would indicate that someone is a terrorist or criminal or presents some other kind of problem if any of that information is found then that clicks the whole thing to another level of review where the organization that i worked for fraud detection and national security would begin taking a look at these things. Okay. And so, what fraud detection and national security, or its various components that are out in the field offices and that work with refugees and things like that, are doing is background checks that are focused on the particular conditions where people are located. So, if Refugees are being vetted in or near Somalia, then they're looking at the political conditions, mm-hmm. the terrorist groups that operate there, the criminal groups, and all of those kind of things. Okay. And so there is information on that given to the refugee officers before they depart so that they know what to look for. Okay. Um, man. The problem with all of this, though, is that sometimes it's just a lack of information. So it's very easy for somebody to sort of deceive the system and make it into the United States because most terrorist groups don't hold weekly meetings and have membership records mm-hmm. that they post
0: in the local paper. Mm-hmm. So we have to hope that somebody does that because let's go back to the Tucson situation. I mean, these people were in Tucson for three years and they literally lied out of whatever somehow they just recently got caught. The FBI realized, oh, this guy's an Al Shabaab terrorist. He had his hands blown off. He claimed that he was a victim of violence when it turns out he was actually making the bomb and it blew up. So, I mean, again, how easy is it for someone? How could that guy, you, I mean, tell me, I mean, I know you don't know a lot about, about this, obviously, but how can it possibly happen that a terrorist can actually lie, get it past somebody and, and get here? Well, because terrorists don't
1: want their activities exposed, so in in a lot of cases they're very secretive about what they're doing, they're very good at covering their tracks. That's Mm -hmm. sort of their whole point, because they want to come here and appear to be normal so that they can get access to the United States and then detonate bombs and things like that. But when you add into that the number of applications that people are looking at and the lack of information on a lot of these people, you have a toxic brew that can lead either to people inadvertently missing things or to somebody being successful in committing fraud and trying to deceive us. And I mean, if you look at this case, I'm not familiar with the details. It may have been that the FBI had an investigation going on someone's associate, but Some of these cases you only find out when people do things like blow themselves up. There was a case recently in Massachusetts where a guy blew the windows out of his apartment and the police showed up and found that it was full of bomb-making materials and guns. Now, it's Massachusetts, so they insisted that he wasn't a terrorist. He was just a misguided kid with his Mr. Wizard oh, chemistry shit. set. But, um, you know, the
0: Unbelievable. fact is,
1: with a lot of this stuff, we're in a reactive mode. You know? And what we should be doing is we should be using all the information that we can find to be in a proactive mode and try and screen out everyone who is a potential problem. Before they even get
0: close to the United yes. States and then the problem there Matt is though Is that some people just again either want to change America or think that we should take everyone in to make everyone? Uh, I guess better to save them And and I guess it's a, your point of view, you know a guy like you you're gonna be skeptical and say you have to prove to me that You're legitimate in what you do and other people are gonna say you must be good. I feel bad for your situation This sucks here in this country Come on to America. Well, so that's what it comes down to. There's another angle uh, that the, the
1: people on the pro-refugee side of this never look at. Are you giving refugees adequate protection if they really are being persecuted and you admit their tormentors to the
0: United States and resettle them in the same neighborhoods no. that they're living in? They haven't escaped anything. That's a great point. Um, these refugees, these people that want to come here, are they able to access government benefits? They are. They get a very generous support package, both refugees and asylees, as soon as they arrive in the United States. Oh, boy. Fantastic. Uh, have you noticed anything changing for the better since Trump's taken office? Noticed a lot of things changing for the better. I think the,
1: uh, the travel ban, uh, the whole arc of that probably could have been handled a little more gracefully, but mm. the end result was that the Supreme Court arrived at the correct decision and all the temper tantrums being thrown by the likes of the ACLU and and all those other groups were found to be completely baseless. So. We now have a good legal foundation. It existed beforehand, but to the extent that it was undermined, we've now reestablished it. And it's very clear that the president has the authority to take a look at the vetting procedures and to take measures to protect the public if he thinks that they're not adequate. So that was fantastic. And I give the Trump administration an A-plus for that. I think Trump's picks for the Department of Homeland Security and Kristen Nielsen, uh, Tom Homan. Um, and Francis Cisna, the director of USCIS, have been fantastic. He's taken people that understand immigration, have had long careers in immigration and homeland security, put them in a position of power, and then he's given them the freedom to do what they need to do in order to fix the situation.
0: And Kirsten Nielsen, I mean, there was uh, stories in Breitbart about her being a SWAT monster and a file and everything else. but. You know, I know Border Patrol guys that were like, oh, we don't like her because she's an open borders, but she's turned out to do a pretty good job. I think she's done a fantastic job. You know, I think going into it, she was a person, I think her background
1: was in cybersecurity, so I think Mm -hmm. she had a little bit of a learning curve, but she seems to have figured it out
0: and be making the right decisions. So you think, you know, right now with the amount, I mean, listen, Trump has cut the refugee number, cut the asylum number, and there's got, I mean, listen, there's a a ton of asylum fraud, isn't there? Oh, asylum is just loaded with fraud. I mean, it's an excuse to get into the United States. You say the
1: magic words, and then you've got an application, and I, you know, I think a lot of these legal arguments that we can't simply say no to people who we know factually don't have any claim at the border are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We need to re-examine that,
0: and that's you know, and he's cut down on that, and, and we deal with problems in Tucson with local officials thinking that we should just, uh, you know, they're mad at Trump for actually cracking down on asylum fraud and anybody that wants to come here and claim asylum, which. All right, listen, I'm glad that you are here and you get to expose this stuff and enlighten people because we don't get this information every day. Uh, again, fairus.org. You guys have all kinds of information about this stuff on the website, right? We do, and we have a blog called immigrationreform.com that has a lot of great stuff, too. Oh, beautiful, immigrationreform.com. Matt O'Brien, thank you so much for the time this thank morning. You. I appreciate it. That was a pleasure. You guys, yeah, same here.